I just took that little sermon I brought in the back of my Bible. Maybe we'll save it to Jubilee or something. I'll say something real quick to you at Acts chapter number 26. It's amazing. I was sitting in the pastor's house. I've been staying there this week and sitting upstairs today and <clears throat> just reading a little and flipping here and there. And I come across this passage. And I don't know about you. I might have said this here, but I don't know about you. I... I tend to make notes in my Bible. I know some people don't. But one of the blessings of making notes in your Bible, and sometimes I have sticky notes like I do tonight. I just got some sticky notes stuck in my Bible. I'll be running through my Bible and make a note or something. And occasionally when I come back and read that passage or I'm just reading along with something and I look down and it jumps out at me and it blesses me all over again. It takes me back to some time where God spoke to me out of that passage of Scripture and he, he says something. I'm going to tell you something. You can read John 3, 16 a thousand times and still get something brand new out of it. It's a living book. And today I was flipping through and I, I came across this passage and looked down at this, <clears throat> these little notes here and read this passage again and thought about this text. And little did I know they'd sing right out of this passage tonight and we'd experience what I'll say to you here. For, I, I, I promise I'm not going to, I'm really not, I'm not, probably won't get in a big way or anything. I just want to say this too. There may be somebody here tonight that needs to be saved. Amen. Acts chapter number 26, verse 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. It's amazing when you study the life of Paul, <clears throat> as educated as he was and intelligent and how God used him so mightily in that way when he spoke, whether it was a dignitary king, whether it was, I mean, just common folk like you and me. There's one thing Paul always talked about. He talked about his testimony. He talked about his testimony. A testimony has, I guess if you, if you look it up in Webster's, it has... Three definitions attached to it. First of all, a testimony is a formal written or spoken statement, especially on given in a court of law, a testimony. It also is evidence of proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. But this, in the dictionary, this is what it says. It is a public, a testimony is a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. You know what we've said in here tonight? This is, we call it a testimony service. Don't leave when you, when you go, when you leave a service like this, don't, don't ever leave and go, man, I'm telling you, it got, so, it got so on tonight at church, it got so good tonight at church, the preacher didn't even preach. You should never say that. Because a testimony is also a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. And you cannot, you cannot recount a religious conversion or experience without giving the gospel. So somebody in some form or some fashion is preaching. Now we don't believe in women preachers, but I'm going to tell you this right now, I'd soon hear Miss Kate give her testimony than a lot of preachers I've had to sit in camp meetings and listen to it blesses my heart. It helps me. It challenges me. It encourages me. 
Matter of fact, Miss Sheila testified, and I thought, man, that's good. I'm preaching out of that text on Sunday. I promise you, tune in. if when Once you leave here Sunday morning, I'm preaching out of Psalms 89 Sunday morning. I promise you. Do you have a testimony? All these saints of God standing up tonight and testifying about what God has done in their life. Do you have a testimony? Do you have, can you stand tonight and publicly recount a religious conversion or experience in your life? Listen very close. I'm going to just talk to you about this thought right here. How does a person obtain a testimony? How does a person obtain a testimony? These folks that stood up here tonight, what happened in their life? What went on that, that, that causes them when they get in such an atmosphere as this tonight to hit their feet and tell everybody what happened to them? How does a person obtain a testimony? Well, it's right here in Paul's life as he begins to talk to King Agrippa. I want you to see this. First of all, the first way a person obtains a testimony is found in verse number 13. Heaven gets involved in your life. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. Now, if you know anything about Paul's life, he was against heaven. He was against everything heaven had to offer. But one day, heaven got personal to the apostle Paul. And listen, if you ever have a real testimony somewhere in your life... Heaven has to get involved. You don't have anything really good to say about your life. You, the only thing you can say about your life is before you get saved is you. And Paul said, there is no good thing in me that is my flesh. The only thing you and I have to brag on is us. But on this day, in front of the king, Paul said, you need to know one thing. There was a day when heaven got involved in my life. I remember 24 years ago when heaven kicked the door of my heart open and Jesus walked in and saved my soul. Heaven stepped into my life. The question I have for you tonight is this. Is, has there ever been a time, a day, an hour, when heaven got involved in your life. Heaven. The second thing Paul said in verse number 13, not only did heaven get involved in his life, but he, had he obtained a testimony in the fact that light, light was shed upon his life. Light. He said, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. Sinners set in darkness. Oh, you may know the terminology, you may know all the right religious things to say and do, but sinners set in darkness. That's why, that's why we still believe in old-fashioned Holy Ghost, King James Bible conviction. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him and I'll raise him up in the last day. You know what conviction is? 
It's when the Holy Ghost, it's when heaven steps into your life, reaches over to the corridor of your heart and flips the light switch on for the very first time in your life. I believe there was a Jesus before I ever got saved. I believe there was a heaven before I ever got saved. I believe that there was a hell before I ever got saved. But I'm telling you, October the 2nd of 1994, the Holy Ghost walked in that church. I don't know if anybody else saw him, but I saw him. And when he walked in, he walked into the corridor of my heart and for the first time in my life, Brother David flipped that light switch on and oh my goodness, how things began to seem so different than what I had saw them before. Has there ever been a time when the light of heaven has shined in your life? That morning I realized I could try to do all the convincing that I could try to do but it wasn't going to change God's mind that day. Has heaven ever got involved in your life? Stopped you dead in your tracks. Did Paul, he's on the road to Damascus, heaven got involved, stopped him dead in his tracks. You're living your life, doing your own thing, living your way, everything's you, 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 until heaven steps in. And when heaven steps into your life, you lose sight of you. You lose sight of your way, your thoughts, your life. And then light comes. Light shines in on the inside. Conviction. That drawing power of God. Light. Number three, Paul goes on not only to talk about how that heaven got involved in his life and how that light shone into his life, but in verses 14 and 15 we see that if you're going to, have, if you're going to obtain a testimony, Paul says to us that Jesus, he reveals you to yourself and then he reveals himself to you. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. You say, Preacher, how do I know if I'm under conviction? Two ways you can know it. He first of all shows you who you are. Then he shows you who he is. I'm glad we don't have a God who just shows up and shows us we're lost and we're hell bound and we're hell deserving and he shows us the blackness of our heart but at the same time when he's showing us our filthiness and our dirtiness he reveals Jesus in his love and his mercy and his grace and his power and honey I'm telling you there is a revelation when conviction comes and light is shown and the first thing you find out is how dirty you really are how unholy you really are how unrighteous you really are but I'm telling you the moment he showed me that he showed me there was a Savior waiting on me and that if I'd make one step to God I could be found in his love and found in his righteousness and found in his holiness thank God for the revelation of conviction do you have a testimony Jesus reveals himself reveals you to yourself and then he reveals himself to you. Paul said, I saw me, but thank God I saw him. (laughs) 
conviction. You ever seen yourself like God sees you? Do you ever see yourself like God sees you? You've never been born again. You might have prayed some prayers. You might have been baptized. You might have been in Sunday school. And you might have some certificates and buttons and pins. But until you have ever seen you like God sees you, I'm telling you, you will never see him like you really need to see him. I'm telling you, do, I'm asking you, do you really have a testimony? Verses 15 through 19. How does a person obtain a testimony? When you obey the word of God that is delivered to you. Look at verse 15. And I said, <clears throat> well, let's, let me jump down if I can. Let me just skip a, a lot of things here. Look at verse 19. He said, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Preacher said tonight that he said, I'm not a Calvinist. And you need to know that you're not a Calvinist. I believe in the sovereignty of God as well as anybody. The providential hand and the workings of God in our life, I believe it. But I'm going to tell you what God created you to be tonight. He created you as a free moral agent. And you know the one thing God, the one line God will not cross in your life? Do you know the one thing that can hinder God and hold God back in a man's life? That is the thing that God created him with and to be. And that is a free moral agent with the ability to choose and decide for himself. You want to go to hell tonight? Fine. You can go there. God will let you go there. But you understand one thing. Just like that rich man when he woke up in hell, he woke up there by his own volition. He made a conscious decision somewhere in his life to reject Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and if you go to hell tonight you'll walk over the blood. If you go to hell tonight you'll walk by Calvary somewhere in your life and you'll have looked at that rugged place and denied the Lord Jesus Christ and pushed him out of your life and refused him and rejected him. Paul said I was not disobedient. There's going to have to come a time in your life where you obey the word of God when it's revealed to you. Salvation is not complicated. It is not hard. I believe children can be saved. I believe adults can be saved, old and young. But salvation is not something that you and I can dictate. It is something that God gives to man. And a gift cannot be, a gift cannot be taken. It must be received. And to be received, the giver must, uh, the one who possesses the gift has to be giving it out. Man really doesn't know that he needs God until God fully reveals his need to, that, that man's need of God to himself. But when he does, when he does, y'all remember that? We used to play, y'all probably have been so, that hide and go seek thing. I feel sorry for y'all. And we, had, we used to play in school, we had a game called Four Square. Anybody remember that? Which, man, a lot of praise God. I mean, y'all don't have a clue. I can tell by the way you're looking at me. But you know what you did in Four Square? You had that ball and you, you hit it in somebody else's box. And once you hit it in their box, it became their obligation then to get it to another box. And when God reveals to you who you are, and He reveals to you who He is, he has just put the ball in your box. 
and it's up to you what you're going to do with it. Brother Jason, he has limited himself. The God of all creation has, this, has chose to limit himself to man's ability to choose. He's done everything he can to save you tonight. He's done everything he can to give you a testimony. Looking back through here, man, I, I mean, for the preacher and I, I'm done. I promise I'm, I'm just going to, if you'll give me a minute and a half to close her down. Preacher and I was sitting up last night, late. I don't recommend it if you're planning on getting up early. There's scripture concerning that. And uh, so we were sitting up and we were talking, reminiscing about um, Jubilee. We got talking about the meetings over here and then transitioning to here and now we transition to somewhere else. And how God's blessed through the years and got talking about those early days and preachers said, you know, it's, it's hard to remember. We've had so many, it's hard to remember them all. And I said, yeah, it is. But there's certain times... There are certain services, certain sermons that stick out. Son, I remember one morning, I told him, I said, man, there was one morning in that old building over there. It got so thick. I'm telling you, I can, I, all I, I can remember jumping pews and running the aisles. He, he got talking. I believe you and Brother Cape were up singing. Y'all got out in the glory. We was all out in the glory. Deep. I remember leaving that same year, and uh, man, we, we'd, I knew what I was going back to, handful of people, run down old church building, just been in a meeting where it's been way out the top, people are sitting arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, and putting chairs down the aisle, nobody, I was going back, you understand what I'm saying? I remember loading up the van in the driveway, tears running down my face. Didn't want to leave. All through them years, I look at a lot of faces sitting back through here. And I've heard you throughout the years over and over again. I, I know for some of you, when you stand up, you, you may not say the exact same thing every time. But somewhere there's going to be a, there's going to be something that identifies your testimony. Every and for some of you, when you stand up, I can almost say certain things you're going to say. Not the whole thing, but certain things in your testimony. You know why? Because for the last 20 years, I've got to hear you stand up and tell it over Amen. and over and Amen. over and over again. Oh, yeah. yes, I can tell what he's going to say. I can tell yeah. what he's going. I can tell what you're going to say. Yeah. A lot of you, I can tell it. I, I know. I, you ladies, I can, I mean, I can. Do you have a testimony? Or when you stand up, do you have to talk about somebody else? What God's done in somebody else's life or what you've seen God do in the church. Thank God for everything he's done in the church. But I'm going to tell you, I'm, I thank God what he's done for me. Do you have a testimony? Has heaven ever got involved in your life? The light of God shines so bright in your heart, it illuminated everything. 
brought into a reality of who you are. Do you have a testimony? You. What about your mom, dad? Has Jesus ever revealed yourself to you and then revealed himself to you? Has there ever been a time when you can remember obeying the Holy Ghost and the Word of God at that very moment when he dealt with your heart? Right then, even though you didn't know how and even though you didn't know all the ins and outs. I got up off that altar 24 years ago and I had no clue what I had really just done. I just knew I needed God and God said, you can come. He saved me before I ever got to the altar. I know that for a fact. But when I got up, my preacher said, do you, is there anything you want to say? And I didn't know, I didn't know what to say. Nobody had told me what to say. I just knew that God had changed my life. And I said, well, I said, the Lord just saved me. And I didn't know right then that I had a testimony. You know, everybody really has one. The Bible said even a child is known by his doings. Really, it boils down to this, is what kind of testimony do you have? Monday night, I brought this up during our camp meeting, our camp, our summer camp. And Brother John brought it up in his meeting. They were there. And I was hoping to get back here and, and, and be able to see Miss Kate and a few others. But on Monday night, I opened my Bible and I, I said, could you do me a favor? I said, would you, would you sign my Bible? She put her name there and wrote a little note. I said, Preacher, why would you get a lady to sign your Bible? She's not a preacher. No, but she has a testimony that has affected my life. And there's just some ladies that I think we've overlooked at times that God has greatly used down through the years. We've got all kind of preachers' signatures in our Bible. But from here on out, I want to pick out a few of God's chosen ladies that he's used. And I want to make sure before they leave this world that when I glance back down I, and when they're gone, I can look at my Bible and remember their testimony and remember their life that they live for the glory of God. We're standing all over the building. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Do you have a testimony? You. I'm not talking about those around you. I'm not talking about your wife, your children. I'm not talking about your husband, ma'am. I'm talking about you. What kind? When people think of you, when your name, when your face crosses their mind, your name, what do they think of you? What kind of testimony do you have? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. This altar is open. Are you coming? What kind of testimony do you have tonight? Hey, I'm talking to you even if you're saved tonight. What kind of testimony do you have? Is it respected? 
Do people even know you're a Christian? Do they even know you go to Bible Baptist Church? What kind of testimony do you have? What kind of testimony? Folks are coming. Brother David's going to sing. Hey, if the Holy Ghost has dealt with you, please don't stand there. Please come tonight. What kind of testimony do you have? Sing, Brother David.